When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish Podcast. It's the Fulhamish Podcast, your independent voice of Fulham FC. My name's Sammy James. Welcome to the show. Today, we're going to try and put into perspective what happened yesterday. A 3-1 defeat to Manchester United at Old Trafford. And three words sum it up. We threw it away. It was there in our hands. A place at Wembley, a winnable semi-final and a collapse, a falling through the floor that I have never seen in any football game, let alone a Fulham one. Um, It hurt. I imagine many of you listening are hurt unless you're a Brentford fan or a Man United fan here just to revel in our misery. Then, you know... (laughs) I guess you'll enjoy the next hour. But for most of you, it's not going to be uh, an easy podcast uh, to listen to. We will try and digest it as rationally as we can. Uh, I am joined today by George Cooper. Hello. Hello, Sammy. Harry Durham. Hello. Hi. How are you? Not bad. This is probably not the uh, the second mm. podcast booking that you, were, you, that you were hoping for, was it? And no. Archie Rintart. Hello. Hi, mate. Look, I don't want to twist the knife early on, but isn't we threw it away four words? <laughs> I was literally just thinking that as well. I was like, now's not the time. I'm just going to let that one slide, but... No, I, I, I wasn't including the we. I was just thinking, <laughs> threw it away. Okay, okay, sure. Was what I, I Look, as someone that very gets very uh, pernickety about three words and four words when it comes to this podcast, um, I can, I can you are right. That. You are in your right to uh, to say that. Um, but no, I did just mean threw it away. But yes. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of, let's do some three word reviews. But I guess if you want to include some four ones there, George, then uh, then you're more than welcome. Yeah, of course. Well, there were some very good three word reviews. The the Fulham hive minds um, combined to, to live some. Absolute belters. There were a lot of repeat entries as well. I think, you know, great minds think alike. Um, we've got Joe G with Theatre of Nightmares. I saw a few other people come in with that one. So uh, apologies if you're not named, but yeah, it was a very good one. Uh, Jimmy B. Good and Jamie K85 came up with K. Sarah Tatar. Oh James God. Dorton, Icy Red. Um, Richard Bamber came in with the Suicide Squad. Very apt. <laughs> Drew Heatley, obviously Fulhamish contributor. Three Red Devils, uh, William, Marco and Mitro. Rachel, I particularly like this one, came in with Mother's Day cards. Perfect. <laughs> Dave, Kettlehake, Dave Kettlehake, anger management issues. Pavel Kondov, a monumental fuck up, but FA Cup one word, which works better when you're reading it written down, but I thought it was very very clever. Uh, Fulham home runs with cheers, mum's crying. (laughs) Jacob Krupa, Alexa, define Fulhamish. And just a boy standing in front of a girl with Sunday league behaviour. Do I have to mark this podcast explicit for the monumental fuck up? Because technically we haven't sworn. 
technically. I think I think we'll let that one slide. Yeah. I mean, I, I imagine that uh, some of the swear words will come out later in this podcast, no doubt, and it will be uh, men- rendered moot. But anyway, let's. Um, well, Archie, I, I, I loved the tweet that you did last night and uh, what I needed some gallows humour. And um, it was the one where you basically looked at the last few weeks mm. and the growing optimism for mm. this game. It was like, Drew United, oh no. And then Polini is going to be back. Bit better. Casemiro right. suspended. Much better. First half. Okay. One nil up. Oh, wow. I'm starting to believe. <laughs> and then... After three weeks of Fulham making you feel like there was a chance that you were going to get through, <laughs> describe oh. to me what on earth happened. I, I still can't get over it. I've been all day, it's been nearly 24 hours since the match. I keep getting waves of sadness. I was in Sainsbury's just now and I was thinking about what I needed to buy. And then suddenly it just came over me again of what happened. And I thought, oh God, this is, this is that. I'm going through all the stages of grief. So. I feel differently to others, as I've discovered by looking at Twitter and indeed hearing your reactions, because I have to say my first instinct when it happened, I just laughed because I couldn't believe it. I was like, (laughs) look, I, I was expecting Man United to come back in some way, but for us to not just, it was as if, you know, you're playing against your mate on the PlayStation, right? And you know, he scores and instead of just carrying on, you pull the whole like console out, you smash the TV and I'm like, <laughs> I'm not playing at all. Forget it. It's done. I, I just, the, the whole nature of it. And look, I'll put my feelings to one side because that's a different thing in terms of why I'm not angry about it. I think <sighs> Mitro, sure, he's done wrong. but. The fact that I've seen so many in the media say, oh, well, I mean, this has been coming. It's his first club red card for seven years. So it it seems like the narrative of Mitrovic, whether it's his performances or his discipline, has never moved on since he left Newcastle. It appears that no one seems to have watched him since he's gone to Fulham. The, The William red card is the thing that changes it. And... If anything, I'm I'm also kind of angry at Jaden Sancho. Could he not have just scored? <laughs> because then we would not be in this situation. We would have been in a much better place. No one would be worrying about would Willian have handballed it. I mean, ah, uh, like I I watched back the highlights today because I needed even I needed a bit of time to process that. Um, and look, two inches to another side, it's not handball by. Willian and it, it maybe goes in or if it's a little bit higher than it hits a part of his arm where he's not punished. It's such a, uh, for, for want of a, a, a better um, phrase from a previous manager, the, the fine margins of this make yeah. me think, you know what? It's tough, but I can understand why it's, and I, I just understand where, where Marco Silva's coming from as well on, the other decisions in the first half, albeit I thought that the referee was having an okay game yesterday. Chris Kavanagh. I mean, we, we all know his name by now. Like, I think that ultimately, sure, whilst I think they could be given as penalties, the one, the incidents that Marco Silva's talking about in the first half, the position that Fulham get into, you're in the 70th minute, you're 1-0 up. 
you you should close it out. And I think that's the thing that really rankles the moments of madness. I, I watched a video back today. It's 17 seconds from the first red card coming out to the third one coming out. <laughs> 17 <laughs> seconds of just... I ah, there are no words. There are no words for it. Harry, what was your post-match emotions? Me and my dad just basically sat on the sofa for about fifteen minutes in pure <laughs> silence. <laughs> Is that a change for you, Sammy? By the way, do you <laughs> a little bit? I mean, sometimes that has been known to happen, but um, yeah, a little bit of a change. Like I've been explaining to people, if it was over calls yesterday i had a lot of brentford fans calling me up <laughs> rubbing salt in the wounds or people messaging me and i did a video straight after the game as well i can only describe what i went through as kind of like an out-of-body experience i was sat on my sofa it was almost it was almost like i was hallucinating like in a dream and not meaning to sound dramatic but i i had tears genuinely in my eyes i was messaging friends Friends, Fulham fans as well. And I messaged them in the morning, be like, this is going to happen today. We're actually going to beat Manchester United. And then for that whole real nightmare, and I just felt numb after the game. I I, I sent for a lot of people in a video, which I think I'll probably live to regret. I think I said something along the lines of Mitrovic should never wear a Fulham shirt again. I look back on it now, almost 24 hours later, and I think... Wow, I, I I was not in a fit mental state when I hit record. <laughs> and also pressed pressed record on my phone as well. But numb, Sammy, is probably the only thing I can say. And I, I, I'm still getting shivers thinking about it now. I'm thinking about what could have been, to be honest with you. Upset, really upset. So I watched it with my entire family. My dad and my little brother were rabbiting on, kicking off, losing their minds. And I was just like, I need to get out of here. I went for a walk. Trying to, I don't like to indulge in the in the Twitter storm afterwards because you do get those reactionary comments. And I feel like it doesn't do, it doesn't help in those situations. Fair enough if you do find it soothing and to converse and stuff. But for me, I'm like, I just need to block everything out. But then a good 20 friends of mine, people who don't even support Fulham were texting me being like, what the hell just happened there? And there was no escaping it. It was just all encompassing. This black cloud that's been hanging over us for the last 24 hours. And whilst now it is, it's painful, it hurts. It was the best chance we have had to get to Wembley bar the playoff for a long time, especially in the FA cup um, sort of realm. It, it's just going to take some time. It really is. There's no other, there's no other way to deal with this. It's, as each week that goes on, hopefully with each positive full performance that follows this, it will get slightly easier, but it's going to take a long time to get over this one. That's for sure. Um, if we're looking for some gallows humor, this tweet for me, I think is just the best description. Um, Joanna Hardy on Twitter. I don't think Joanna's a Fulham fan from what I can gather, but I might be wrong. Fulham there having a great night. They've got into the best nightclub in town. Drinks are flowing. The DJ's <laughs> playing their song. Upgraded to VIP area. Everything is perfect. Then someone decides to pick a fight with the bouncer and the three of them end up getting nicked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, I mean, it's a perfect analogy. It really is. I've just, it's the, the, the way that it just fell apart um, is extraordinary. And I, I think we'll never see the light. And, and George, I'm sure you're right. I'm sure in times come and the matches 
keep going and it's not like you only play the FA Cup once every four years. It's not like that Europa final where I was like, we'll never do that again. We'll never get to this point ever again. We might get to an FA Cup quarterfinal again in time. Like that is probably quite a likely thing to happen in the future. We might get to a Carabao Cup quarterfinal. We will have future chances to go to Wembley and and have big days out. But it's still just when you look at how it opened up and also the, I think the draw being made beforehand made it even more upsetting because <laughs> yeah, you, nice. knew, you mm. knew you'd avoided Man City. You knew you'd avoided the one game in the semi-final that you didn't want. And I mean, look, Brighton would have been a difficult match and no one else except Man City is probably winning this cup because they are a sensational team and they just beat the team, as Archie knows, third in the Bundesliga and absolutely spanked them. Um, they beat the team top of the championship running away with it and absolutely spanked them. The chances are that they will win this competition anyway, whatever happened yesterday, but it still makes it hard to take. I mean, look, let's try and look a bit more throughout the match. And I mean, Archie, like Fulham were sensational for 70 minutes and absolutely bossed Man United. And I think a lot of us saw this performance kind of coming. I think with the Casemiro suspension, with the Garnacho being out, with Polina being back and just generally like, it felt like the motivation there in the team that we may have lacked in the last couple of games because there's not a huge amount riding on the league games right now. Everything for 70 minutes went exactly to plan. I saw it as a chance but I didn't see that performance from Fulham coming because relative to opposition, I don't think we've played that well uh, for for a while, actually. We've probably got a bit fortunate and, and, and Bernd Leno has helped us out on quite a few occasions. We've scored some wonder goals from absolutely <laughs> nowhere. And... For us to turn the screw in the way that we did on Man United, particularly at the start of the second half, I think was so impressive. Watching back the highlights, I think United had more chances than I remembered in my rose-tinted view. But still, they weren't the kind of chances where Leno was having to make wonder saves. So the... I think part of the problem was and is and will need to be resolved this summer. Say we keep all players, in particular Polinia, because you saw the difference that uh, that he makes. No Fulham fan who's watched us this season needs to be told that, uh, nor by just watching the last two games and watching yesterday and seeing the difference that he makes. But the it was it was actually I was. Uh, watching the, the game at the same time as my mate in Canada, Searsha. And I, I think the fact that we were able to talk each other through the three red cards and what happened maybe <laughs> helped my reaction a bit. I was like, ah, oh, okay. Wait, wait, what? Um, <laughs> I, I think that with that, it, it meant that I, we didn't really, like if players got injured in a certain position, there's nobody who I felt could come on and be a better alternative apart from Manor Solomon. And I think that I, I've seen one or two people suggest maybe Willian should have come off before then. But the fact that Willian's the guy on the line and making it back then suggests he had more than enough juice. It's, it's difficult because you, you play the perfect game and yet then Fulham show the Achilles heel. Although... Here's the thing I can't wrestle past. And it's that 
say that Willian had just been sent off. Were the the, the chances are still completely stacked against us. Like it's more that even at eleven men, if Sancho scores, it's going to be tough because we're going to have to take that punch. So I just wonder if if maybe we overreact a touch with how much it all slid away because of just the nature of the red cards. But look, Marco Silva being sent off is is symbolically not a good thing, but equally it's nowhere near the same value as a player being sent off. Yeah. So I'm I think I think you're right in the sense that as an element of us saying, you know, we threw it away, four words. Um but <laughs> it was one all. Like we didn't actually our discipline didn't blow us the lead. We'd lost the lead, whether it was a penalty, whether Sancho had scored, what actually cost us the lead was being overexposed at the back because we had too many players forward and we couldn't stop a counter-attack and Willian missed the crucial interception that would have stopped that counter-attack. Like Mm. there is an element and if hopefully it makes you feel slightly better, we blew, we, we, what we blew was a one all draw at Old Trafford because it was one all like that goal had gone in one way or another. It, it, it was going to be at levels pegging. I mean, the moment really, I guess where it's confounded Harry is just like those two players getting sent off. Then the double whammy of a goal from the first attack when you're down to nine men, I mean, Fulham maybe, and look, we, I, I think eventually the pressure would have told, but the fact it happened so quickly that it was almost like, just it was well, it kind of been another sixty seconds after they scored that they then submits have got the second one. That was just the moment where you were like, flipping heck. I don't know what they're meant to do off the back of that as well, though. Like they've just, of course, everything's just going to fall out of the sky. You get the realization then that I don't actually think you're going to Wembley now. Oh, the way we've just lost our manager, we've just lost our goal scorer, and we've also just lost Willian as well. So any sort of comeback is probably off now and then to first I turned off as soon as Sabitza scored pretty much like I was on my phone no focus whatsoever I was yeah. I was outraged to be honest I, mentally, I certainly mentally checked out once about Sabitza yeah 100% and we got to think about we had so many instances yesterday where I don't think a lot of people have spoken about that Mitrovic header and the mm. incredible save from David De Gea mm. as well by the way we had our chances and there were definitely moments last night or yesterday afternoon we probably could have put the game to bed if we were a bit more clinical. We probably will look back on this with, oh, there was such a, a maybe moment, but I don't know. The, the the game was gone as soon as those three did get sent off. As far as I'm concerned, it, was, it would, have been, would have been impossible. I mean, we could, I, I honestly can't remember a bigger swing in momentum at any game of football ever like I'm talking World no. Cups and like, anything we could have been 3-0 up David Gea did an incredible save for um, Mitrovic that you mentioned Harry William he did a fantastic save as well which I, I haven't really heard anyone mention really you know when William yeah. nearly curled it in also Anthony Robinson tips over the bar that was a really really big chance like we we were so dominant and yeah just I, I, I can't remember a bigger swing in a football match ever yeah I mean I can't remember a swing quite like that, like to, to to go down in players for the goals to be reversed and everything is, is sensational. Let's look at 
the decisions. Um, George, a lot of people complaining about the Metro push on uh, from Luke Shaw in the, in the second or third minute. I'll admit, I didn't notice this in re- I didn't notice this in real time. I don't know whether, I mean, the camera just kind of moved away from it. There was barely any replays of it. I mean, looking back now, it's a scandalous decision. I yeah. mean, he's absolutely just floored him. I, I was incensed. I was screaming at the television. My dad and my brother were less so. They, I think it was one of those that kind of divided opinions. You can see it go either way. But if that gets scrutinised under the magnifying glass of VAR, that's, that's a penalty. It, it is. Yeah. I, there, was, there was also a protest from the players. You know, it, Mitro was yeah. really wanted it to... So I don't understand why that hasn't been checked at all. Um, I assume that they, you know, when they do the quick check and then they're like, oh no, carry on. But the fact that it didn't even get looked at is scandalous. And it's it's not just the, the flare up from the Willian incident for, with the red card that caused, you know, the reaction that it did. It's a long sustained um, frustration at Sean Canover's refereeing decisions against Chris Fulham. Chris Kavanagh. Sorry, Chris Kavanagh, uh, refereeing decisions against Fulham. I miss Sean Kavanagh though. that have um that have you know is is shaken up a bottle and the 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 cork flew out and you know that's it's it wasn't a one-off but yeah it is disgraceful that that didn't get checked i think there was another penalty shout as well wasn't there There were two in the first half well there was the one where i think there was the one where mitro gets ahead of um the player but I, i didn't see that one as quite such a stonewall um, mm. as, as some of the other ones. I saw that as more of a penalty than the, really? than the one in the air. Yeah. I, I think because uh, I, there is almost, I, look, the push by Shaw is, is uh, pretty deliberate uh, and pretty clear. And yet, for some reason, uh, it falls into the category of they're given sometimes, they're not given other times. I think the problem with it like one of the problems I have with VAR is that uh, it you're, you're slowing down things where it means that you can start looking for the most minimal of contact that that is there, uh, and and you can start to make out things that are are maybe not as serious as as they seem. But in this situation, I think that it's about we we're so used to seeing those things. We're used to seeing the microscope being put under those situations that then we look at that incident and we're like, well, hang on. How is that not then being punished? It's the it's the same double standards that we're seeing throughout. Uh, and I mean, Bruno Fernandez, uh, if we come on to the uh, if uh, to, to go back to Mitro's red cards, like if, when he's pushing the ref, even if the referee's pulling him away, uh, at Liverpool a few weeks ago, and then he pushes the ref. Uh, so, if Bruno Fernandez gets the same punishment that Mitro does, he's not—he's not facing us. He's not playing. Like he's—he's he's out suspended. I think that that's where I very much am on board with Marco Silva because, as much as you, I, I, I try my hardest to stick away any bias when watching Fulham unsuccessfully i think that <laughs> there is it, it it just simply is different when you are playing for a top six side and you're playing for fulham i there there are just, there, there have been too many instances where you can't look away and be like well hang on because i r- referees are human 
um, different kind of humans as Mark Clattenburg's proven with with some of his comments since retiring. <laughs> but <laughs> but these thoughts do go through their head the about the pressure. I and yeah. I have more to say on referees at some point, but I should stop talking. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's fine. I mean, Harry, the Willian decision for me, I find understandable by the letter of the law. The law is actually mm-hmm. very blunt on handballs in the box. It's basically, if you stop a goal or a goal scoring opportunity, then it's a red card, whether it's and, and deliberate doesn't seem to massively make a huge impression in the rules. It's basically just, did you stop a goal with your hand in an unnatural position? And Willian did. I just find that that being punished the same way as Luis Suarez, as Phil Neville back in the day, where they literally just save it on the goal line seems extremely harsh because there's just no way back from that. And I just don't think it's a deliberate handball. I saw some people trying to say to me, oh, he knows what he's doing. Does he? It, it's what in what, what's the logic there to think, oh, I'll deliberately handball this. Yeah, that'll make sense. In a world where he knows it's going to get caught. He's going for the ball with his body. And it just happens to hit his hand. Surely at least someone can at least give me that. Whether it saves him getting sent off, well, it doesn't. But like, I'm not going mad here that he's not gone in there flying thinking, oh, I'll just quickly save that with my hand. No one will notice. I think this is just one of a long list of things that the governing bodies of the game probably have to review, to be honest with you. Retrospect is a wonderful thing. And like you said about Luis Suarez, Willian has not purposely handled the ball. His hand is just literally at the wrong place at the wrong time. And yes, it's the nine of a goal scoring opportunity. But I think what these officials have to remember, I know it's heat of the moment and whatnot as well, but I think things need to be considered. The fact that this could have the ability to swing the whole entire game. This changed the entire outlook of the game. It's an accident. And I'm not sure if you guys will agree with me, but after what you've just said, Sammy, it's opened my eyes to think maybe something like that should be looked back upon and think, could this actually be a yellow card? Well, also, if we're looking for some, consist- some consistency, Adam Smith for Bournemouth two weeks ago gave away a penalty against Liverpool for a handball that yeah. was going in the net. It was going in the net. And I mean, I don't think Adam Smith even got a yellow. Like, I, I mean, they're slightly different incidents. I think Williams is much more of a direct, he stopped the ball going in the goal. There's a bit more distance to the Adam Smith one. I mean, Adam Smith's arms are above his head in that, in that mm. one. I mean, Archie, it felt like um, both during mine and Harry's points, you looked like a small element of disagreement. So I'm interested to hear your yes. thoughts. I, look, I don't think that there's the logic that, that you're applying to it. It's such a heat of the moment thing that you don't think about the consequence. All Willian's got on his mind there is, how can I stop the ball going in? And he's not thinking, what part of his body? He's just, I'm going to get in the way of this somehow. And that's why the, I think his hand comes out. I think it's a red card. I think that it has to be. Like, if you're saving uh, a very clear, obvious goal-scoring opportunity with your hand on the line, that's that's the nature of it, if you're not a goalkeeper, obviously. So... <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's- I don't disagree that it is a red card. I know that the rule. I know what the laws are saying. I'd I know that to, it is a red card. I'd go back to 
a time when we played Manchester United in 2009, when uh, a header is, is on goal and Paul Scholes happens to put his arms up in front of goal. He sent off. United are down to 10 men. Fulham go on to recall one of their most famous victories. Like I'd, I'd want a red card shown in that situation as well. And in, in the same way that Scholes is, is not thinking of the consequences there. He's just like, oh, I've got to stop it somehow. But I think both are a red card. Fair I enough. Think, I think the uh, you and Dan mentioned it on the quick take that you did last night, Sammy. If you were to change the... Because I understand what you're saying. You're saying that the, the, the impact that it has on the game outweighs the crime given, right? Is that kind of what you're, you're getting at? And I quite agreed with what you said that in rugby, you know, they give a penalty try. So if in that incidence, William gets the yellow card, they give a goal as like a, you know, penalty goal. Um, I think everyone's happy in that situation. Man, you're happy they got their goal. William's been punished, but it doesn't have such a monumental swing on the game so as to completely leave the game redundant effectively. Yeah. But at the moment... I mean, it is, it is quite a fundamental rule change just to please us Fulham fans on a podcast. I mean, I, do... I think they should consider it though. <laughs> Yeah. If anyone from IFAB is listening, you'd make us enormously happy if you actually thought about changing it, but it's too late now. I think that those, it is that nature of it though, that the the way that these decisions can swing a game that we've benefited from. And to be honest, actually can level it up for a smaller team who maybe have that one breakaway on goal against a big team. And the big team makes a mistake and goes down to 10 men that we can profit from it. We should have profited from it at Manchester City earlier this season when yeah. we were being dominated before the, that red card and then we go one up. Um, I think that it's just one of those situations where it's gone against us. And I think yeah. just because of the rare nature that Fulham were dominating, dominating, Fulham were the better side against Manchester United, that it just really... It, it like the knife twists so much because we know how rare and special an opportunity this was and also how special this team is and the, the nature of the circumstances. Let's come on to Mitrovic. Um, I can't believe we've done half an hour of this pod and we've not really discussed that. <laughs> um, I mean, there's just nothing really to say. The only debate really is, is what punishment he gets and leaving out the Fernandez thing aside, I don't think necessarily two wrongs make a right here. Fernandez should have been retrospectively punished why he wasn't. And the big club bias and all of that certainly plays into it. But on this isolated incident, Mitro deserves his red card. He probably will get a ban that's lengthier than three matches. I mean, I'm seeing some people say 10. Decanio got 11, right? He literally yeah. pushed the guy over onto his ass. Um, Leandro Bakuna um, famously went up to the linesman and kind of slightly did that, that headbutt thing. Not really a headbutt, more put his head into the assistant uh, referee uh, back in, I think it's 2017. He got six games. I'm looking at this on the scale and I think that what Mitrovic did is not as bad as putting your head into uh, into the face of official. It's not good. It probably deserves to be more than three. I'd say somewhere between four and six. And I'm like, 
okay, whatever, not great, understandable. Let's get then some perspective though. The 10 match, I saw someone saying he should be out for six months. I was like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> exactly why I stay off Twitter after results like this. <laughs> Were they a Brentford fan by any chance? Uh, I think they may have been, yes. I had, I had a Leeds and a Brentford fan slide into my replies yesterday being like about time too that that this happens to him he, and it's like <laughs> do, okay do, would you like to name specific incidents where Mitrovic should have been sent off i can only think of one and it was that leeds united game he in got lockdown. punished for that he got punished yeah. for that but he's not that is the first red card he's received for fulham my, i my point with mitro would be this is this is sadly maybe a reason why he's also at Fulham but the the point is without the anger the aggression that energy that he has he's not Alexander Mitrovic as a friend of mine perhaps unfairly said he's Carlos Vinicius without without the aggression but <laughs> I won't have a bad word said about Carlos Vinicius because he scored one of the greatest goals of all time the point is <laughs> is that it's a it's a, you're, you're asking for him to change the way that he's been and that he's actually become one of the greatest Fulham players of all time. It just so happens that we can't pick and choose the moment where he absolutely loses it. And it happens to be uh, the worst possible time, uh, given what this team was on the cusp of achieving. It's just... The, the other thing that annoys me with it is hearing all these pundits who consistently slaughter referees and saying, oh, I've, what Mitrovic has done there, he should be banned for 10 games. And it's like the, the whole narrative that you promote by continually slaughtering, slaughtering referees and, and therefore uh, proposing this, this whole lack of respect towards referees, and then you say, oh, but if you touch them, it's the ban. It should be the same for talking to them, for crowding around them, for for putting them under that kind of pressure like it, it yeah. can't just be if you touch them oh i mean that, that that's horrific it, verbal abuse is not is not like uh, too dissimilar to to physical when you are but when they can basically feel your breath and feel what you had for lunch i don't think that that's i i, I think that that needs to be seen as well but i forgive mitro it's just don't look at me right now, man. I, I just think it is funny, isn't it? When you think that in the streets, if I went and shouted at someone's face and called them a see you next Tuesday. Mm. Oh, that's fine, mate. Don't worry. But I kind of grab your arm. That's the level. Well, no, I'm now I'm going to call the police on you. Like what? <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, Harry Mitro plays on the edge. This Fulham team play on the edge. Marco yeah. Silva gets the very best out of players that are probably not as talented as teams in the top six and he gets he squeezes every last drop out of them and sometimes that means playing on a knife edge in terms of temperament and aggression you could see how pumped up the Fulham players were when we scored the goal you should have seen the reactions of not just Mitrovic the whole team it was like they'd been like caged animals and taunted for about three days the way they came out of the traps into this game so it's not massively surprising that in a moment where it went against us that we just lost it. I just think the occasion, what it meant to the whole team, what it meant to Mitrovic, just got the better of him, Sammy, to be honest with you. And I like to hark back to what you said about the 10 
match bans as well. Let's be quite frank about this. Mitrovic should be given six matches. And I tweeted it earlier, just before we came on, I want Mitrovic to be given six matches and reimburse the travelling fans that went yesterday. Because they didn't deserve... They, they. I love Mitrovic, just like Archie said. He is a club legend in my eyes. We'll go down. In Fulham folklore, our children, our grandchildren will speak about this man. But I just think he kind of let the fans down a little bit yesterday to be honest with you and we said a couple of weeks ago when I was on when I said Mitrovic could lash out at any point and we said no 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 he's beyond that but now it's happened and it's happened on such a scale that I feel like I was let down yesterday that Marco Silva didn't apologize and the 10 match ban is ridiculous and yes he does fire these players up but he's lost his head mate he's embarrassed himself as far as I'm concerned and a lot of people said on Twitter yesterday, yeah, but you're not supporting them. You're, you're throwing Marco and you're throwing Mitrovic under the bus. I'm looking at this as, as a human, as a fan as well. Am I right in thinking that Mitrovic was handed the red card before he pushed the referee? No. No, no it was after. Because I thought I saw a video earlier where it was before that, unless he still had the red, the red card still in the air. It's when he gives it to Willian, then he grabs him, puts it back, and he's actually put his back in his pocket as to get it back out of his pocket to give it to Mitro. Yeah. So, I d- listen, I don't know what was said on the pitch. Mitch Fitch could have said anything to him. But I think he needs to just look back on this and learn from it and should be dealt accordingly. A hefty fine. Six match ban. Nothing more. Nothing less. There's kids watching this, for God's sake. Like they, this is one thing that annoys me at football as well. Um, I'm not a big rugby fan, but used to play it in the past. I know referees at the highest level in this country do make shoddy mistakes. And footballers kind of just need to show a bit more respect, in my opinion. That's one thing that kids are going to learn from. Kids are going to see that yesterday. I'm not saying for one minute the kids are going to go around pushing referees, but just a bit more respect is all I ask for. And then we won't be in situations like this because if this doesn't happen, we're having a completely different podcast right now. We're working out our trail to Wembley. We're working out which boozers we're going to be going to. But listen, that's life. That's sport. And that's why sport is just so good. But at the same time, I think hefty ban, hefty fine, and just an apology would be all right. See, I don't, I disagree. I don't want a, an apology from me. I mean, he'll do one anyway. He'll say it to someone. He'll do some interview and he'll, of course he's going to say yeah. he's sorry. The definition of being sorry is regretting doing something and trying to avoid doing it again. Of course he regrets doing it. And of course he's going to try to avoid doing it again. That's, that's, he's not some scum. He's not Vinnie Jones. Like he's, <laughs> you know, he's not like wanting, to, he's not going to want to be a repeat offender. He's going to feel sorry for what he did. Yeah. And I don't need, I don't need a vacuous apology on the website. I don't need that. It doesn't bother me at all. I want him to channel it. I want him to channel it into next season, George. I want him to take this and have some motivation going forward. Let this be your David Beckham in Saint-Étienne moment. Let this be the moment where actually, if you were lacking any motivation to play for this club or what you could achieve next, let this be a catalyst. And same for Marco as well. Like just do your, do your talking back on the pitch when you get back on the pitch. Yeah, no, um, I agree with Harry. I think six matches is probably what we'll see. And I think it's probably fair. And I totally echo everything you see. But, you know, he's a role model and kids are going to emulate what he does. And it is important that 
he is, you know, gets gets the punishment that is fair but deserved. I, I think I think Mar- Marco is the is more or as, as much to blame for this. I think that as as you said, Archie, how the way that he manages and the way Micho plays is, is so passionate and um, and you know aggressive, and occasionally it does spill over. But if, if Marco keeps a cool head there, I think there's less of a chance of Mitro going as well. I think that the attitude yes. that is emulated throughout the team, you know, Marco is our leader, he's our manager, and if he brings everyone down in that moment, then what happened doesn't happen. Um, I agree. I love them both, you know, I forgive them both. We move on and I just, yeah, hope that it's the catalyst for a fantastic, you know, rest of the season. It's going to be tough without William, who I imagine will, he'll get, is it three matches he'll get for that? Or is just it one? one? It's just the one. Just okay, one. brilliant. And then whatever, uh, whatever market, it's going to be tough. It's going to take a bit of time, but yeah, hopefully it's, um, it's a, it's a channel for, for, for positivity. I just would like to have seen that Metro until the sending off. I'd like to have seen more of that guy since January because <laughs> I, to, to just have played with the the bit between his teeth, these, I, it, it felt like there was such a, a gap between his level of performances. Yes. His level of performance yesterday and compared to how he's been playing recently, just, just having that same hunger chasing down some of these balls. I don't know because the club are pretty tight-lipped on injuries. And we know that he has had to wrestle with one or two things. We don't know exactly what's happened in in between since the World Cup. And I think that he has every right um, to be feeling a bit knackered given the amount that he has played. But there's also just a part of me which is wondering, can we find that level a little bit more often? Then again, if we look at the position in the table, still... Thank you, Everton, above Chelsea at this stage of the season. Okay, knocked out of the FA Cup quarterfinals, but when this, when the dust does settle, at some point it will. <laughs> then uh, then it, it's, it's, it's still not bad. No. All right, we're going to take a break there. Uh, we've got some questions to get into afterwards. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Part two of the Fulhamish podcast. It's Sammy here with George Cooper, Harry Durham and Archie Rind-Tut. Let's do some of your questions uh, before we finish. Um, and we, when saying about the questions, we were like, obviously there are some quite big talking points. We'll probably get to those, but we were like, if there's anything else that maybe uh, comes to mind, if you could uh, let us know. And we do have some nice uh, topics um, on, on that one. Um, one maybe referee talking point that we didn't get to. And at the time I was, I was quite bemused that it didn't even get looked at. Thought it was one of those things that VAR would always get involved in was, um, Anthony kicking Jedi off the ball. Mm. Um, it was literally seconds after Anthony came on. I think it's the first thing he did that little kick out at Robinson. I must admit, George, I, it was one of those where I was like, 
I feel like it was um, wishful thinking that it could have been a red, but it is one of those weird things that VAR would often pick up on. And again, just another instance of VAR just going like, nah, not today, can't be bothered, too much effort. Yeah, I think if Anthony goes down screaming, clutching his shins there and it does get looked at, did it get looked at or was it just completely ignored? I think it was mostly ignored. Again, Very I'm confusing as well. Uh, this instant is with two people called Anthony as well. Um. <laughs> as I said, as I said earlier, it's the 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 ninety seconds of madness only happened because of the accumulation of what had happened beforehand, both in previous games with this referee and also within this match. Like it all adds up. It was it wasn't just that one flashpoint. That one flashpoint was huge. However, it's those. And I know what she said, you know, if you're a top six team, you just get these things looked at. And it's just the sad part of being a Fulham fan. It by often or lot, it it just it just goes falls by the wayside. And yeah, it's one of those the the amount of event the amount of ways that, that game could have planned out yesterday, this one is just I still I still can't quite go get over how, how it happened. Like we we could have won that game comfortably had we just had that little bit of luck and instead of that we everything just went against us in a catastrophic manner just yeah. thinking um, about it the, harry Maguire probably should have been sent off i thought for the two-handed push on bobby reed when he's on a yellow card down in the corner so i'm gonna i'm gonna change my verdict from okay to not great uh, the referee. <laughs> I just remembered that. I'm like, hang on. There was an there was an accumulation of lots of small things in this that's game. It. Think that's it. And you can see what I can understand the justification for getting mad. There is no justification, but you can see why it happened. And I mean, this game's going to get talked about, and people are going to find new things. I mean, stuff is getting dug up. It feels like almost by the minute on Twitter. Um, they're probably they're probably going to find out that Chris Kavanagh jumped a red on his way to Manchester. And, and, um, um, I mean, the fact actually that he is from the Manchester area as well seems a little bit Fishy. strange. I mean, nah. I always think that you can get caught up on those kind of things. It's just one of those odd ones that doesn't tend to happen when someone's from Greater Manchester. Little bit odd. I'm not here. It's very tin. He's hat, more likely but... to be a Man City fan, surely. So. No, I know, but there's a reason why people don't tend to manage their. Lo- I mean, it is a thing that they do try and avoid. So with Kavanaugh, right? It, we've obviously got a history with him now, and the the relationship between this current squad and this particular official has been somewhat tainted. Does this mean that there's going to be? that's going to be taken into consideration when he's put forward to match Fulham games. Because I seriously believe it should do. Obviously, referees, depending on... It should be um, irrelevant where they're from, who they support, yada, yada. You know, they're, they're professionals doing a job and the implications to having any kind of bias is would just ruin their career. But surely now, when, you know, you're looking at which official to appoint, we, we shouldn't be having Kavanagh for a long time, in my opinion. Certainly not this season. I don't think, and I might be wrong on this, I don't think that will be, maybe next, maybe like the Bournemouth game, that would be a little bit of a two fingers up to Fulham. Someone, someone might just do like the sensible common sense thing of being like, should we, should we put Chris on like uh, (laughs) Villa Wolves? Yeah, that's probably sensible. Um, But I, I don't think it will come into it maybe beyond maybe the first game because that just would be looked really weird. 
I, I've not been sent a message by his family or anything that I'm going to defend him on one thing, uh, which is, to be fair, he refereed the Leeds Cup game for us as well, as Marco yeah. pointed out. Um, he, Marco seemed to have, Marco Silva seemed to have a whole dossier prepared on the guy. Um, I, I think that's the, what, what no one outside of the Fulham community probably saw was that kind of the whole thing was just like being prodded and prodded and prodded and prodded. And then boom, I think that's what, that's what it was. It was just a buildup, but there was a very soft goal disallowed for Leeds in that at nil nil. And you're like, well, that, that, that doesn't strike me as a referee who has something against Fulham. Then again, you could if, if, if you can then turn it and be like, well, hang on, okay. If he's rewarding, if he's saying that that kind of soft incident is a foul, do we come then to our penalties, <laughs> our penalty appeals yesterday? And it gets worse. So, yeah, I, it, it I was an attempt can, to defend him, can, and it's not ended up well, has it? <laughs> you can get bogged down in these things. It would be surprising if. He gets the next game, but no, I think there's every chance. I mean, it's going to be fascinating when he does get the next Fulham game. I mean, we're all, <laughs> it's going to be like the Bournemouth game last season where it was actually, I don't care about football. I'm just here to, I'm just here to shout at you, Mr. <laughs> Parker. It's just like Christopher Cameron and people were like, oh, anyway, I don't advocate um, doing anything terrible. I mean, to a referee and then these things can get out of hand as well. So I don't want to like say anything too much but yeah okay he's off my christmas card list um that question by the way was from ab grandad about sir anthony uh kicking anthony off the ball um this one from richard kaufman i thought this was a really interesting one based on maybe what i was talking about earlier about using yesterday positively if we can richard kaufman says does this perversely help us keep silver and mitro um and then he goes on to whether we can persuade polinia to stay. I'm going to move away from Polini. I think that's a different debate for a different time. But Coops, I do think that, well, if I'm Spurs and I'm looking for my next manager, I don't think what happened yesterday with Marcus Silva, uh, considering um, the outbursts that Antonio Conte did this weekend, I, I think he goes slightly down my list of wannabe potential replacements after yesterday. And similar with Mitro as well, like unfairly, that will taint him. But if it helps us keep him, because other clubs might be like, oh, stay away from him. Troublemaker. One red card in seven years. Um, that might be a uh, <laughs> that might be a good thing for us. Yeah, I think what will be really interesting to see here is how the club reacts, because obviously if the club are coming out and, you know, fine, Marco Silva. I mean, there's we don't know how it's going to pan out. We don't know how the cards are feeling. Obviously, you know, Marco's been our best manager under the cards and if you know they come out and find Marco wages and you know get, make him come out with apologies and stuff, that could easily send him the other way. You know he's not he's currently under contract for us for another year, and he's yeah. not you know there are talks that are kind of incoming. So I think there's a lot of things that could go here. I, I see um, listeners' point in the, in the email, but I also think that it could go the other way if things aren't handled the way you know they could be. If that makes sense. I can't see us fining Marco. I don't think, I mean, do managers get fined? I mean, it was, I mean, in the same way that players, they could do. I don't know. I mean, he, he needs to set an example in that situation, as I said, and he, he, his actions, I feel were the catalyst for what happened. And as I said, I've, you know, I forgive him. I'm not, I'm not 
this kind of you know market needs to take a long hard look at itself i think that energy and passion is one of the reasons why it's so good for us unfortunately yeah. it backfired yesterday but yeah i think it could go either way it depends how the club manage it from here um Harry, this one from Weekly Geekly, which is based on what George just said. He says, I quite like the fire and brimstone in this Fulham team. Moments of madness I'll take every day of the week rather than bowing out meekly Spurs style. Uh, this season has been a massive, massive success still. And I think we, uh, Weekly Geekly does raise an interesting point there that this is a side of Fulham that I don't remember for a long time. I've always thought that Fulham's quite a meek, soft touch. I mean, we've had our moments over the years and, and a few players that have bucked that trend. Michael Brown comes to mind. Um, but mostly I've always felt like Fulham are a bit of a soft touch and I don't hate it either. Of course, once every, you know, few months, you might get moments like this and they do need to learn to channel it. But I don't know. What would you rather? I love it. Apart from obviously, yes, apart from yesterday, obviously, I don't want to see that again for as long as I may shall live, however long that could be. But I think it's something that we've spoken about before, Sammy, where as soon as that ball got kicked in the first day of the season in August against Liverpool, there was a fire within this team. There was an intensity that could not be matched. Is that Marco Silva? Is that Joao Polina? Because I think we say it all the time. He is the soul of this Fulham team now. And I'm all for it, to be honest with you. I think we've put a massive two fingers up to a lot of people in English football, a lot of football fans as well, who claim that we're just a yo-yo team. And if we can carry on this same intensity, and clubs will see that in the summer, and players will see that in the summer and think, do you know what, this club is actually going somewhere. And if we... They're playing this attractive football. I'm not for once saying that we're we're playing dirty like a Millwall of like the 1980s or like the 1990s or something like that. But it's exciting, isn't it? Like we're a team that's now becoming feared. Like people are, people look at it, looking at the fixture, like, oh, Fulham's actually a, a tough one, isn't it? <laughs> God, actually, we've got Fulham in two weeks' time. People are getting worried about us, boys. And that's what I'm all here for. No more of the nonsense that happened yesterday. That's, that's done. That's in the past. It's, it's finished. But Marco Silva, all the way to Joao Polina, has created a real fire within this team. People should be scared. This isn't our only FA Cup quarterfinal. We might get relegated next year. <laughs> after <laughs> I've just said that. But it's, it's, I think he's spot on. This, this, is a real, this is a real moment. And we just have to learn from this. And we have to push forwards. We have to keep continue being this fearful team for years to come because yeah. we're done with being this uh I don't know nice team and this uh everyone having their Victoria sponge and cucumber sandwiches and whatnot. Let's give some the sweet I mean, treats. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Let's let's take that away actually because they are delicious. But <laughs> Let's keep the nastiness yeah. on the pitch. Sucks, you know sucks I mean? can still eat cake, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get away with everything. And a cheese Let's board. not go mad. Uh, and a cheese board. Um, look, I think a lot of the questions, uh, thank you so much for all of them. Uh, obviously, we have covered uh, an awful lot of it. Um, I did like this one from uh, Hinhart's Beer, who just said, as shit as those five minutes were, if Polina and Reed play another 11 games like yesterday, we're still in that mix for seventh, which is mm. uh, an extremely good point. The midfield absolutely bossed it um yesterday and yeah. um, it was uh, it was incredible to see 
We've got through a lot today. And um, as you can imagine, this is not the most easy pod to, to plan for, but thank you for getting in touch. We'll have more probably uh, calm analysis on the uh, on the Thursday club with uh, with Jack and Peter uh, later this week, as calm as it can be, um, where we'll uh, no doubt um, kind of maybe look more at the ramifications of, of what this means for Fulham going forward, potential long time without Mitrovic, et cetera, et cetera, um, how to channel this uh, really into a positive end to the season uh, will certainly be the, the discussion for uh, for Thursday. Uh, drop any emails to us that you have. Hello at fulhamish.co.uk uh, if you want some questions um, for the Thursday club. Uh, all we need to do before finishing the podcast today, George, is to name this episode. So um, there's a lot to go for. We often talk about how there's a, a lot of three word reviews. The amount yesterday was simply ridiculous. We had 405 three word <laughs> reviews after the game yesterday. Um, that uh, we say this a lot, but I'm pretty sure that's actually a record. Like, and I don't know if we'll ever get more than that. That's just insane. I so think yeah, rival you've got fans 400... might have been joining in on that though. That's the problem. I think a little. I think a little mm. bit. Yeah. But what would you like to go for, George? It's really tough because there are a few here that are good. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to pick my favourite two and then put it up to a vote. So I'm either going to go with Richard Bamber's The Suicide Squad or Rachel with Mother's Day Cards. What, what, what do we think, gents? I think Mother's Day Cards is cute. Yeah, so do it's I. It's what we need, isn't it? Mm. Either that or yeah. Alexa, the fine Fulhamish, which was good as well. Let's go for it. Let's yeah. go for Mother's Day Cards. Yeah, I like it as well. Rachel, top name um, on what is a, uh, I think a pod still will uh, go down a little bit in history, a bit like uh, yesterday's game. Uh, I really enjoyed it, fellas. So thank you so much. Uh, thank you, George. Cheers, Sammy. Thank you, Archie. Cheers. And thank you, Harry. Thank you. All right. Fulhamish will be back on Thursday with more uh, debate and uh, everything else that uh, breaks in the week. And we'll get Peter and Jack's thoughts on everything that happened on Sunday. But until then, have a good start to your week. Come on, you guys. Mm-hmm.